What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In today's podcast, I talk to my longtime friend, Annette, about her home country of Latvia, travel blogging, and making money as a creator. With a popular Instagram promoting the digital nomad lifestyle, Annette has been on the road living for five years and is currently based in Bali. Have you ever wondered what it's like to come from one of the least known countries in the world? In a way, it's really good because it's always nice conversation starter. Annette tells us all about Latvian identity and to what extent Latvia is influenced by Russian culture. Alternatively, I share my travel stories in Latvia and how I was finally able to secure my Belarusian visa in Latvia's medieval capital city of Riga. And with that all being said, let's dive right into it. Hi, Annette. What's going on? Hi, Drew. Hi. Great to see you. Where in the world are you right now? Um, right now, I'm in uh, Indonesia, Bali. This is where I have spent past few months of my life. And yeah, talking to you from Bali. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible place to be. Right? I know. It's the worst. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super jealous right now. So for a little context for listeners, we actually met in 2018 in Bangkok at a meetup that I did at this co-working space called Hubba. I did like a talk and a meetup and we met there. I remember, I'm very good with faces. So when I, when I reconnected with you, I definitely knew that I met you. What was going through your mind back then? And that was what, four years ago? Yes, that was four years ago. It was actually a really monumental time in my life because I had just started to like travel full time and start my own uh, travel-related online business, which was a travel blog back then. And uh, Bangkok, Thailand was actually the first place for me where I moved. Basically, I left my home country, Latvia. I left everything behind and flew on a one-way ticket to Bangkok to basically just see see what will happen, how the life will turn out. But the goal was to basically travel full-time. And at that time, I was really getting into all the like travel content creation stuff and everything. And uh, I learned about you. I started to follow you on Instagram and like watching your videos. And then at, like at one day, I remember you were posting something about doing a meetup in Bangkok. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I just arrived here and you are doing a meetup and I get a chance to meet you. So it was like really exciting. And you were the first travel creator that I looked up to that I got to actually meet in person. So basically, yeah, it was really memorable time for me. <laughs> wow, I'm completely flattered and honored by your comments. Something that um, stuck out to me that you just said is that you, you started with travel blogging, which I did too. So it kind of like the whole point is you just got to start doing something and then it just kind of grows and evolves into something else. And then you figure out what works best. So that's really inspiring that you started with blogging as well. I did that from 20... 12 until 2015, I was a, a blogger. Yeah, well, blogging is, I think, a very good way how to like just start to understand the travel creation space and just get into it, and then you move on from there. Absolutely. So one, one of the most interesting things about having you on, on the podcast is that you are from Latvia. And, um, yes. you know, I have a bunch of different guests here from around the world, and we celebrate, you know, their country and where they grew up and, you know, different cultural things, cultural identity. So go ahead and tell me, tell me about your childhood growing up in Latvia. Like I, 
I've been there before. I happen to love it. Riga is beautiful, but um, I'm guessing the majority of people, they, they have no, they just heard the word Latvia. They don't know what's going on there. So just tell me about life in Latvia as a kid. It was, I think, pretty unique experience. Like in Latvia, we have uh, four seasons, so very different weather and you get to do a lot of cool things growing up and as an adult. So my childhood, when I think back of it, it's kind of like I start to think about learning to snowboard from a very young age because we had like deep snow and winters and like then my summers, uh, I basically I live I lived in a city called Tesis, which is uh, almost 80 to 100 kilometers from Riga. And uh, it was a very like small, very cute uh, little town. I lived there, but uh, my summers were spent on the countryside. And each Latvian will basically tell you that they normally they would live in a city and go to school and everything. But whenever they could, they will go off to countryside because that's for Latvians pretty much the the best way how to relax from school, from job, from everything, just to head out there. Either they have a cottage or they have grandparents living in the countryside. And I had also my family living in the countryside there. And then you go there and you learn to take care of like animals, cows and goats and stuff like that, which is really, really interesting <laughs> in that sense. You get that kind of experience from early childhood childhood and uh yeah and after that i just moved to riga uh so as most people do when they graduate they move to riga and then life is different there but from the childhood it's all about like countryside and being outside the house playing around uh so yeah that's a uh, small town glory <laughs> you know when i was in latvia i went bungee jumping in this town called Sigalda? Sigolda, yes. Sigolda. Do you know Sigolda? Yes. I know. It's not so far from me. It's like 30 minute drive. So I've been there a lot. That also. place is so beautiful. It's one of the best small towns in all of Europe that I've been to. And then I went bungee jumping there with my Latvian friend. We went out to like some really beautiful restaurant on this nice patio. And then we went up to the Baltic Sea to, we didn't really swim because the water is freaking cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's true but it was nice to be up there and i yeah. don't know i think latvia is just one of those hidden gems like kind of like lithuania like my my great-grandparents are from lithuania so i went back and just kind of checked it out but um i really like that part of europe including estonia too it's just like just tucked away little pristine perfect little community i guess maybe it's not perfect why don't you dig a little deeper about like what's happening there i mean so when i was in latvia I don't want to get, this is not a uh, podcast about politics, but I was staying in this Russian neighborhood in Riga and it was like all Russian. I mean like Russian television stations, Russian newspaper. Um, it was like, it was as if I was in Russia in this. And there was even like Soviet compounds, apartment complexes wow. that I was in. It was like crazy, crazy Russian. Is it like really separated in Riga? Like kind of give me some background on that. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, yeah, that's, that's, uh, something you can experience in Riga mostly. And then there is one part of uh, Latvia, which is near to Russia border. And there are a lot of Russian speaking families living there. And so you can basically experience what you just described in those two places. But in other parts of uh, the country, not so much. For example, myself, when I was growing up, I never had any Russian speaking people around me, even though 
I would say that around 40% of Latvian population is uh, Russian-speaking. They are like Latvians, fully Latvians, but they speak Russian in their families. So yeah, up until I moved to Riga, I was basically never exposed to like Russian culture or Russian language or anything. But what's an interesting fact is that if you want to actually work in, uh, let's say, in Riga, uh, and it's in uh, hospitality industry where you would have to talk to customers and everything, you have to be able to speak Russian. So Latvian, there's one language, one main official language, which is Latvian. But, you know, if you are dealing with customers, you have to be able to speak Russian. It's like a rule, which is not an official rule, but it's a rule that, like, it, it has to be like that. So it, it was a quite challenging for me when I moved to Riga, like working. I remember I was working in a hotel and then there was every second person like calling on the phone or coming and talking to me was a Russian person. And yeah, so I had to learn pretty quickly. Is it kind of tense? Is there like a rivalry between like, no, we're Latvian, we don't want Russian. And then the Russians, from my experience, the Russians were like, we, are, we don't want to be speaking Latvian. And it sounds like in your hometown, you didn't have Russian and you weren't surrounded by it. So is, it, is there like a reluctance of, of Latvian people to learn Russian? Uh, I would say no, not at all, because most Latvian people actually speak Russian because 30 years ago, Latvia was part of uh, uh, Soviet Union and all the people, for example, the generation of my parents, grandparents and so on, they all spoke perfect Russian because that was the language back then. But at the moment when I was born, so my generation and now younger generation only learned Russian if they were exposed to it in their families or in their neighborhoods. If the other children outside that we were like playing with, if they would speak Russian, then we would learn. But since I didn't have that experience, then I like I learned it at school. Russian is one of the languages we, we have to learn, English and Russian as the second one. But, uh, but yeah, so most of Latvians speak Russian anyways. And for Russians, uh, it's... Therefore, it's not as needed to learn Latvian if they are not interested in it because they will always get by with Russian uh, living in Latvia. So that's the case, I would say. This, is, this might be a weird question, but do your parents or grandparents, they never identified as Russian, even though it was the Soviet Union? They were always Latvian yeah. or did they identify as Russian? Yeah, no, they didn't. They always identified as Latvians because Latvians have like really long lasting tra traditions and sense of like uh, community and everything, and they never identified as Russians. We have a lot of Russians who arrived from like Russian-speaking countries, and then they kind of like started to live here, and then turned more Latvian in a way, and their children are officially Latvian. But for my family, we are fully generations of uh, Latvians, and they never identified any differently. Yeah. It seems like you've been on the road for the majority of the last like four or five years, right? That's true, yes. <laughs> is there anything that you miss about home? Food, family, like what, what do you, what, when you think about Latvia, we're talking about it now. When you think about it, what do you really miss the most? Okay, I will tell you there are two foods that every Latvian misses when they are away from, from their country. One is uh, like sweet cheese dessert called karoms. They are like small square, like sweet cheese things. And they are actually very popular all over the world because like I remember once I was in Hong Kong and I walked into a just random small grocery store 
and I open like the fridge to look for sour cream or something. And I'm shocked because I see those Latvian Kairoms, the Latvian brand written in Latvian, those switches. And I was like, yes, I'm in heaven. <laughs> so that's one thing. It's uh, for me and everyone you will talk to, I guarantee. And the second thing is uh, dark rye bread. Latvians eat a lot of bread. <laughs> and dark bread, bread is the thing that everyone misses and like, for example, when I hear my friends or anyone else, when they're saying, oh, I have some friends or relatives coming from Latvia, and then everyone's always like, oh, ask them to bring carrots, uh, cheese, and uh, dark rye bread. So those you are know, the two top things. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, like, all of Central and Eastern Europe, they love rye bread. Like, I used to live in Prague, and I'm actually going back there next week. I'm going to be living there for the whole summer, actually. They always just have this dark rye bread. Um, and then when, when I went to like, even in Poland, they do it and not all of Eastern Europe. I don't really recall that in Romania, but definitely in like Ukraine, they like rye bread. And then I'm guessing in, in the three, you know, Northeastern countries of, uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, like, what is it about rye bread? Is it just something that you guys have been making for like 5,000 years? I don't get it. Um, I think that's the case. Well, first of all, it's delicious. It's way better than white bread <laughs> and more healthy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it uh, it goes back to the tradition. So I think even hundreds of years, people in their like uh, country countryside houses that had uh, different ways how to and different uh, recipe recipes how to make rye bread, like on on wooden stoves and like all kinds of like traditional ways. How to make it that's i believe quite unique to like our part of the world specifically so these traditions eating that specific bread as i think it just came from the past everyone is doing it from early age up to like being really old so i think that's that's where we got it from and we are used to and yeah all around the world it's like bread or rice right like in the u.s it's yes. also bread but anywhere in yes. asia is rice and even in like yes. latin america like Mexico is rice and in Colombia, rice is like a staple. It's just funny. It's like you got to have that like food, like bread or rice. So you can't find good rye bread in, in Indonesia? Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen any, actually. I haven't tried or seen or anything. I've seen like some some versions of like German rye bread, but it doesn't look. If I look at it, I see that it's not actually the same. So I think it's always best to keep that for like when I go back home and then I get it. But yeah, for Latvians, as you said, we have dark bread and boiled potatoes always these are the two main things that will be in every meal we don't have like we don't eat rice that much or any meat yes meat for sure but potatoes and dark bread two main things of our cuisine <laughs> what do you um when you meet people and you tell them you're latvian like what's the normal response uh the first response usually are, oh what, what's that what did you say because <laughs> people have not heard of it at all and then I, I already have uh, like a few sentences that I say and I, I could say them in my sleep. It's just like I know them by heart. Go ahead, Sam. So, Latvia is a small country in the Baltic states. And if you know where is Sweden or Poland, then Latvia is right in between those two. As soon as I mention like Sweden and Poland, people are like, oh, okay, okay, Europe. But otherwise, they, they haven't even heard the word Latvia. So, they can't even repeat it for some reason. It's so funny but i'm used to it <laughs> it must be so weird to be from a country that nobody knows like it's complete opposite for me it's like it's like yeah. annoyingly opposite for me it's like oh american and then 
everyone has an opinion about American, whether it's good or bad. They always have something to say when they know you're American. But like Latvia, like, I don't know, maybe there's like, there's probably like 50 countries out of the, out of the 197. There's probably a quarter of the countries that like no one's heard of. Not, I mean, I don't know, like Tuvalu is like one that like for sure nobody's heard of. Like if you ever meet someone and say you're from Tuvalu, they're not going to know that. Latvia, it's a little bit more known. And there's some countries in Africa like Equatorial Guinea or I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like really countries that are out there in Africa that like Eritrea, if you meet someone and you say you're from Eritrea, but, um, I guess in Europe, it would only be, I guess the only lesser known countries in Europe would be Moldova, Kosovo, maybe I was going to say like Montenegro and Albania, but no, people definitely know those countries. I would say, yeah, you come from like the third least known country in Europe. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. hundred percent. I'm so used to explaining where I'm from. It's actually, in a way, it's really good because it's always nice conversation starter because I can start to explain what's that, where is that and everything. But yeah, as I said, for America, it's very different. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so somebody has three days to travel to Latvia. What, what are you going to tell them to do? All right, so arriving in Riga, because there's no other way, basically. And then I would say exploring Old Town of Riga, because it's uh, like, I think it's the most beautiful uh, part of Riga, the capital city. And a lot of people say it reminds them of like small towns in Germany, in Austria, in like all over uh, Europe. So I think it's a, uh, really good place where to start and then like there are so many different things happening but as as you mentioned Sigurd I would definitely suggest moving towards Sigurd because that part is actually also like Latvians favorite part where to go and explore when they are just traveling around the country because it's uh there are very there are a lot of forests and it's like mountainous and you'll get very very awesome views like a forest as far as you can see and bungee jumping and all kind of those activities. One thing that's really cool is like there are, there's a river flowing uh, from Sigurd down to Tessis where I'm from. So what a person could do is jump on a like small boat and uh, row all the way from Sigurd to Tessis. It will take almost a day, but it's an awesome activity that people do. Latvians love to do it. Foreigners love to do it. So a small boat trip from Sigurd to Tessis. And then when you would end up in my hometown, which is a very awesome place because let's say we have uh, the most famous like central place in Tessis is a uh, medieval castle. We have in several cities around, uh, around the country uh, medieval castles or, okay, leftovers of them, but still. And there uh, people can go on a tour, like go through it. And then the guides there, they are dressed up in like medieval costumes and everything. And uh, you can even experience like medieval fights and like how, how life was back then and see that kind of thing and learn about Latvia from also that perspective. If it's a summer time, then again, enjoy nature, go to local markets, eat uh, delicious uh, like local food that people in their countryside and even city gardens grow. That's actually one very, very nice thing about uh, being in Latvia is that you don't have to look for healthy food at all because it's there. It's so easy to get it. You don't have to go to like organic stores or anything because we tend to eat like really healthy 
homegrown things, vegetables, like we drink birch sap in springs, which is a juice coming out of the birch tree. And as my mom always says, imagine what can be more healthy than a juice directly from a tree, right? So uh, foodie experience is definitely something to do in Latvia. If you do all of that, then three days will be up and you will be in Texas heading back to Riga. And then possibly doing a Baltic trip, which is a very cool thing to do as well, because you can really easily drive up to like Tallinn, Estonia, or down to uh, Vilnius, Lithuania, and yeah, spend your time there like that. I'm ready to book my flight now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was like nice. the most fantastic description of Latvia I could have ever heard of. And I, I would challenge any person from Latvia to make a better description than that. Congratulations. Oh, very cool. Thank you. That Thank was just you. like, because I'm smiling the whole time because I've been there and everything you said is like true. There's fruit growing all over the trees and it's just very, yes. the forest. I was very surprised to find forests there. Uh, you got to like, keep in mind, Latvia is tiny. It's probably, I mean, I'm from Arizona. Arizona's got to be much, much bigger than Latvia. I mean, Latvia is probably the size of like Massachusetts or one of the small states in the U.S. No, it's bigger than that. I have a map next to me. I can actually look. It's, okay. it's kind of like the size of... Maybe New York State or Pennsylvania. That's kind of the size of Latvia. Yeah. So it's yeah, pretty small. Possibly. It's um, pretty small, exactly. <laughs> can you... It's funny. Every time I say Sigulda and you're like, say, like, Sigulda, like, how, how do you pronounce it, the town? Ah, Sigulda. 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 And how do you say your hometown? Uh, Texas. How do you spell that? <laughs> it's C-E-S-I-S. Not the easiest to pronounce for non-Latvians. Say, say it one more time. Tēsīts. <laughs> Almost. Because like when, when you, the first letter C in Latvian, it's te. So I will say tēsīts, but you're saying it with S like tēsīts. That's the tēsīts. closest. Tēsīts. Yeah, almost, almost, almost. You have to practice I don't think I'll ever that. Get that. <laughs> I would love to it's go there. It's one of the most Should... difficult ones. You got to show me around if I come there. I don't know if you'll be there, okay, but sure. we'll try to coordinate. Yeah, we have to coordinate. It would be so awesome. And I would show you all the best places for sure. There's really cool so much to do. You kept saying the word medieval and it's so true. Like Europe in general just has this like dark medieval feel. And especially Tallinn. I think Tallinn is quoted as like the most preserved medieval town, I think in the world or in Europe. But like... I don't know. It's so cool to walk around there. And it really like, it feels like nothing has changed in like 600 years, like the buildings. It's so mm -hmm. freaking cool. And Riga has that, has that same vibe. It's like, it almost like needs to be like a dark cloudy day, like walking through Riga. You know what? You know, I just remembered when I was in Riga, <laughs> cause I had gotten, so back in 2015, Americans needed to get a visa for Belarus. Now we don't need it. Well, I don't know about the, with the war and stuff, but Back in the day, yeah. Americans needed a, a, a visa to Belarus. So I went to the Belarusian embassy in Tallinn, got denied because I didn't have the right travel insurance. Then I went yeah. in Riga, I, sorry, I went in Vilnius to the Belarusian embassy, got denied again. I, I was documenting all this on Snapchat because I didn't have videos back then. Then I go to Riga and I knock on the door, I ring the doorbell of the embassy and they're very unfriendly. The Bel I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I went to Minsk and they're nice in the city, but in the embassy, those people are like, you don't want to mess with them. And so yeah. 
here I am like a 23 year old knocking on the door. It was raining outside and I was like, please, can I go to Belarus? And, and they said the same thing. They're like, you need to get the right travel insurance. You can go to the across the street and you can buy a Latvian insurance, which will cover your Belarusian. I was like, oh my God. So I went and then I had the money didn't work. So I had to go to the bank to pay the money order. Oh my God, it was like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But thank you to Riga. I have good vibes there because they definitely gave me the visa and I was able to go to Belarus. Oh, that was that, that's my last memory from Riga because I think I, I, I was there for like five days and I did all the nature stuff. And then the last few days was trying to chase down the visa. So have you ever had to get like a hard visa before? Um, well, it's not, it's not been too difficult in general, but I was just going to say that also for Belarus, it would be the same for me. I also need to get a visa to go there, there or also Russia. So I haven't been there, even though these are the two countries right next to us. It was always way easier to travel the other way or like to the other parts of uh, Europe or the other countries. So that's been really great in that sense. Like living in Latvia, um, you have all the Europe right next to you, so you could just go and explore any place, and it's so easy. But otherwise, visa-wise, I've been traveling now in uh, Asia and basically all parts of the world and haven't had any difficult visas yet, but I guess I haven't been to too many difficult countries yet, so let's see. I think it's, a, <laughs> you, it's an EU passport, right? Yes, it's an EU passport, exactly. Have you ever been to an immigration officer and they look at your passport and they call somebody over like to check like what is this or that's never happened? I've, I've seen sometimes when I give my passport, uh, they look at it and they do, they make a call and just like double check something probably and then it's all good because you know it's a new passport and you can tell that from I think the color of the passport we all have the same color red passport so they, they know that it's EU but they are just like Latvia, what's that? And just like double checking on the phone and I'm good to go. So I haven't really had any major issues with that so far. For yeah. sure. So I guess, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been a pretty interesting talk about Latvia. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. I appreciate, appreciate everything you said. And I'm sure I'll, everyone on behalf of Latvia is like applauding you right now. Because, <laughs> I mean, you. let's be real. Like, who is the most famous Latvian person in the world that, that like an American would know? Okay, I would say right now it's Kristaps Porzingis. He's uh, playing in NBA. I think he's now in Dallas. Porzingis, If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes. yes, so he's the most famous one right now. And we have a lot of players in, like, we've had in NBA and, uh, and HAL, like hockey guys. So sports people are usually the most famous ones from Latvia. I forgot Latvia. about Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> I, yeah, that's yes. crazy. Man, yes. he's from Latvia. Wow, he carries that country on his back. Is it, wait, the flag of Latvia, is it red, white, and then red? Like yes, dark red. Dark red. Yes, yes. We, we, we share almost a similar flag with uh, Austria. Only Austria has like uh, uh, light red and we have dark yeah. red stripes. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think I have it on my flag wall. <gasps> you no. should. True, you should. I should. After this talk, you'll have to get it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, I'm like going to start looking up flights right away. This is like uh, really inspiring. Um, okay. Let's shift out of Latvia. Tell me about what are you up to these days? So for more context for readers, like you are really good with social media and you've been helping me out on my Facebook page to kind of think about how to go viral again because I've been so focused on YouTube and I'm, I have a team now. So you've, you've actually, you know, technically we're business partners, which is pretty cool. It came yes. full circle from, 
from the first meetup. But yeah. what do you, what's your day to day look like? Tell me about life in Bali. How do you make money? Uh, so yeah, right now in uh, Bali, this is just the stop along the way to other places because my goal in general is also to travel to every country in the world. Could be that I got inspired from you at the very beginning. <laughs> so Thank yeah, you. I'm 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 always on the move, and because of that, I have managed to find a way how to make my living uh, while I'm moving around. And uh, yeah, one part of it is uh, working with other creators like you and in the past with some others and uh, helping with like content strategies and like Facebook, YouTube, everything. And apart, that's just one side of it. And then another side is uh, I actually travel together with uh, uh, one other girl from Latvia. And we, four years ago, we started to blog together and we've been working on many different projects ever since. She's a photographer and filmmaker. And I'm always in front of the camera, so we are working also with different brands and hotels, mostly boutique hotels on like their marketing campaigns, creating content, photos, videos for them. We've worked on some pretty epic projects around the world. So that's the second part of what I'm doing. And also starting to get into crypto and making crypto videos and travel videos on TikTok and Instagram. So yeah, that's those are the three big pillars of uh, what's going on in my life day to day. Now's a great time to buy Ethereum. Oh yeah, for sure. I've been checking it. It's a bit depressing, but at the same time, the most exciting time ever. So yeah, everything is what? crashing to the ground, which is awesome. If you want to buy, um, I know, right? But don't take don't take financial advice from me. <laughs> for everybody, for sure. <laughs> It's really cool that you travel with another girl that like is from Latvia. That's really cool. You guys seem that's like adorable, honestly. You should start creating more serious content for YouTube and Facebook. I should. I definitely should. I was trying actually I was trying to focus on that now as I'm back in Bali because you know during COVID travel was slow and everything. So uh, travel content was not an option for that time period. But now when like things are looking up again and we start to travel and the world is opening up. That's in the pipeline, for sure. <laughs> Annette, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Um, really good question. I see myself in general living, like I will say, I see myself living the kind of life, life I enjoy, which is what I'm doing already now, and I want to continue to be able to do that. And I see myself hopefully finishing all the countries <laughs> just like you did recently congrats on that that was so awesome so inspiring thank you, thank you. that's so <laughs> cool yeah so yeah that's my life turns uh, all around travel and just uh, experiences and living my life to the fullest and like not being in the rat race of nine to five and i'm happy with day-to-day -day life so i just see myself in that light where I'm exactly somewhere around the world. That doesn't matter even. That's awesome. I'm so happy for yeah. you. How old are you? Uh, I'm 32 right now. Okay. I'm 31. So yeah. it's almost same. Are you almost. born in the 89 or 90? 89, October 89. Oh my God. You almost a nineties baby. I know. Right. Just two months. <laughs> That's so cool that you get to rep being an eighties. Like you're born in the eighties. That's so cool. Yeah, in a way, it makes me sound really, really old, but <laughs> at the same time, all good. <laughs> yeah. um, 
What uh, is there anything else you want to mention about Latvia or about life? All right, let me ask you. I, whenever I interview people, I always ask one question. You can answer this however you like, but mm-hmm. the question is, if you could say any message to everybody in the world right now, what would you tell them? Uh, all right, let's see. One message I would say to everyone is uh, try and live your life in a way that makes you happy. That's something I tell to everyone. Try to find a way how to like do what you have to do to be able to live your life the way that makes you happy and that you can you get to do you have a freedom of being able to do whatever you want to do so i'm all about that and i'm sending those vibes to all the listeners as well the vibes have been well received thank you so much you're fantastic (laughs) um i look forward to continuing (laughs) our you know partnership and uh i'm really glad to put latvia on the map i think people listening to this would be very inspired. So thank you. How do we say thank you in Latvian? Uh, we say paldies. 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 <laughs> so paldies, you too, Drew. It was great talking to you. And I really hope we will meet up in Latvia sometime soon because summer is the best way to go, June to August. So who knows? Maybe we meet there soon. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.